Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Everybody, welcome back to Elder Scrolls Off the Record for episode number thirty-one. I was telling the guys earlier before we started recording that it's just shocking that we've gone this far, and we're gonna hopefully hit a hundred here pretty soon. Well, next year, but you know, you'll hear it. <laughs> and when we do, it's gonna be epic, epic show. <laughs> anyway, I am Joe the Widget Wilson, your host, and joining me as always is the man who had way too much time on his hands today, Mister Evarwin. Joe Wilson! Evarwin! Oh, yeah! Hoo-ah! Chat like, room! I feel like we need Hello. to get into a ring and start wrestling now. <laughs> okay, then. And joining us, as always, is my hero, the wind beneath my wings, Louis Olan. Hello, Joe. Hello, Evarwin. Hello, everyone in the chat room. Hello, Lou. Hello. Because I just want to say hello. Hello. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 And the last person on the list, because I had to put him there, because there's got to be a list. There has to be someone last. What happened to me being your hero? (laughs) Dave, you're more than my hero. But we don't want to talk about that, remember? Okay. You're right. the wings. You're the wind on top of Joe's wings. That way I have balance, you know? Yeah, that way I can have balance and right. wind pushing up. You know, Lou pushing up, you pushing down. And then, yeah, I'm not going to mention where, where Varwin's at. But anyway, <laughs> as always, Mr. Dave Deenforce Adams. Hey guys, how are y'all doing? Hello everybody in the chat room. Thanks for listening again to us today. We have a, a wonderful show for you. <laughs> At least we hope. Because we haven't done it yet. But anyway, let's get into the fun, shall we? Since again our ad was done in the beginning of the show, we would like to thank Matthew Sutherland for his kind donation. And this show goes in part out to him today. As well as this special dedication that was sent in to us and we would like to play something for you guys that we pre-recorded um, we felt to deserve something a little extra a little special so uh, enjoy We received a uh, donation from a listener by the name of Jeff Boyd, and this is what he said. 
I would like you to please dedicate an Elder Scrolls off-the-record episode to the memory of my dear friend, Matthew Mote. He was one of my best friends. I knew him for 11 years. In 2007, he became obsessed with the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion and dragged me, up to that point, a reluctant RPGer, kicking and screaming into the world of the Elder Scrolls. I was completely and utterly hooked. Matthew never got to play Skyrim, however. He passed away suddenly on June 5th, 2010, of a heart attack, just shy of his 40th birthday. Last week was the second anniversary of his passing, so I wanted to do something that acknowledged our friendship and his passion for the Elder Scrolls games. Thanks to him, I am enjoying hundreds of hours of Skyrim and listening to this very podcast, so it would mean a lot to me if you mentioned his name on your show. Thanks for all the hard work you guys put into this podcast. Sincerely, Jeff Boyd. Minus two degrees. Well, Jeff, we wanted to do more for Matthew Moat. Um, That's why we're doing a little special recording for basically in memory of him. And also, Fred Woodley is been making a mod for basically putting the hosts of the Quest Gaming Network in Skyrim as followers. What we are going to do in the memory and honor of Matthew Moat is we are going to put him as a follower in Skyrim with the hosts. This way, he got to be a part of Skyrim after all. This episode is dedicated to Matthew Mote in his memory, who was brought to our attention by his friend Jeff Boyd. And now that we are all all like uh, humbled and sad and in tears here, um, let's get into the actual show. But first, first we have something to tell you guys. You guys all remember episode twenty? We had a little special guest on that did a little and ditty that was for a us. Long time ago. It does feel like that, doesn't it? Not so far, actually. We had Maluka on. Well, guess what? She is coming back for a return appearance next week for episode number 32. So join us in a live chat room next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and hear Maluka live. <laughs> this time, I get to be here for this. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's true. <laughs> That's right, everyone. Get 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 excited. All right, Maluka is coming back, and uh, she probably won't have a hundred and three fever like she did the last time she was here. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. Got confirmation today, and uh, she she will be here next week. So get excited. Next week, Maluka will be back here. So we get another massively full chat room. All right, everybody. Let's get in to the meat and potatoes. Oh, wait. First, um, I got a correction. Um, Jeff actually told me that his friend passed away on June 5th, not July 5th. Ivarwin, uh, did you have anything you wanted to say about that really quick before we moved on? Yeah, we just wanted to uh, rededicate the show to the memory of Matthew Mote. A uh, special thank you to his friend, a friend of the oh. show, Jeff Boyd. All right, Matthew, your friend <laughs> still remembers you. All right, your, your light will never burn in the lands of Tamriel will forever burn in the lands of Tamriel and the Elder Scrolls. So good luck, brother, and we'll see you in game. July 5th, not June. <laughs> yeah, July 5th, not June. I screwed up a second time. 
Actually, yeah. I read what Jeff wrote to me, word for word, so it was his fault. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this show. All right. Oh, man, what an interesting week I had in game, what little I was able to play. Um, my brother went back into went back to California on Wednesday, so I had to spend the whole beginning of my week uh, hanging out with him before he took off. Because I don't know when the next time is I'm going to be able to see my brother. But uh, I had a great time with him out here. Anyway. So you finally got rid of Dan. Good job, dude. No, Dan, unfortunately, is still here. Um, oh. <laughs> it was Eli. <laughs> <laughs> However, I did get to play. And I was working on my Dark Brotherhood again, the more of the quest chain. And I was... <laughs> I finished up the initial three quests, Okay. The first three kills you have to do. No problem. Put arrows in their side of their forehead. Every every single one of them. And I went back to turn it in. And when you get back, Cicero is standing there with the uh, the mother. And he's sitting there talking to all the Dark Brotherhood members. Every time he would, I'd go in there and he would start to talk, my game would crash. <laughs> yeah. I can understand why. <laughs> no, this is a literal thing here. My game actually would crash every time he talked. Yeah. And it would come up, my screen would come up saying, video card error, but your your drivers have recovered. Go back in the game, same thing would happen. So what I did to fix it is I ran right past him, went to the other side of the room, and sat down and waited for him to finish talking, and then went over there and talked to him, and no problems. Sounds like your computer doesn't want to deal with this guy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Even your computer hates him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I wasn't exactly mad. It was kind of humorous the time until it happened like the fifth time Eck, it's annoying yeah <laughs> just like him <laughs> oh god that is kind of like adding insult to injury when it happens to cicero ain't it dear cicero uh. oh god uh. <laughs> should i just talk why that entire me- way this entire show no i'll rage quit <laughs> no, no, no. why don't you just give me a paper cut my forehead put lemon juice on it no. <laughs> that would be more pleasurable. I'd rather get a paper cut in my eye with lemon juice on it than listen to I'd that. rather play Mass Effect. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Digital high five, wow. Dave. Digital high five. All right. I always have to make it dirty. Or if I want you to take your keyboard and, you know, jam it in the other eye. Yeah, jam in the other eye. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. The next quest I decided to do was the yet yeah, it's the kill Alan Dufont. Where you go into um, Markarth. Okay. And you talk to this lady who wants to kill him, and uh, as a bonus, you have to kill, go kill a lady. And um, uh, That's the one where you have to poison your weapons with lotus extract, right? No, that's the one where you have to kill the guy over his metrosexual name. Yeah, that. No, he's inside <laughs> of a he's inside of a, a, a ruin. You have to go kill him and his little buddies. Then you have to kill, the, I guess, the lady that he cheated on or something, or he was cheated on with, or whatever the story was. Uh, he's the one that's inside of the mech's store in uh, Windhelm looking for a man bag. All right, now that Yvar was completely off base here, <laughs> I went into Windhelm to kill this, this chick that she wants dead. And I waited until it was nighttime, so she went to her house and went to bed. I had to repeat that thing six times. Their stupid friend kept on coming downstairs and seeing me every single time. I went up, got, I got so frustrated, I killed her. Well, she didn't die. She was, like, crouched over. But I found out you can grab her and move her when she's crouched down like that. 
Mm-hmm. So I went and took her and moved her outside. Huh. Didn't work though. Guards still came, but it still was hilarious. <laughs> Eventually, I got past her and killed her. But here's the interesting thing: when uh-huh. you go kill Alan Defont, there's always this back door because you, you have to go into these ruins called uh, uh, what's it called? Rald Raldbathar or whatever that is called. I can't. Pro- I can never pronounce it right. Raldbathar. Raldbathar. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it, it totally is Dwemer ruins, though, isn't it? It is. It's a small little area. You go through, kill him a couple times, and he's got, or kill a couple people, and you get to him. And there's this master locked door you can go up and go around and kill him from a ledge. But there's this other room. Once you get a key off one of the dead bodies, that you can go behind it, and it goes into another area where there's, um, like, one of those spiders, the Dwemer spiders, and three of those gyro thingies, those big guys. And every time I went in there, I was always lower level in my like low twenties. And I always got killed, so I said, screw it, and went to something else. So I completed the quest. Never thought to actually go further in there. Well, this time, I did. I'm almost level 40. So I killed those robots and started continuing further, and it got cooler and cooler as I did. And it it went back really far. However, there was chest after chest after chest that were locked with either expert or master. Did you have your skill high enough to get through them? I did. Wow. I murdered him quickly. And this Dwemer ruins I was going through has some of the coolest Dwemer traps I've seen. Deadly. Really? De- deadly. I, I, I pretty much saved my room, saved my game every room. I don't but, think um, I've I don't think I've been through this place, to be honest. Eventually you go down to a place called Roth, uh, Rodbar Deep Market. Okay. And it's like this deep ruins of Dwemer. And I was getting tons and tons of soul gems. Yeah. I always get excited when I, I go into one of those things because um, <clears throat> I usually like to do um, enchanting on my characters. So you get all those those uh, soul gems in, in those uh, Dwemer ruins. Mm-hmm. So, so I always get excited when I run into those things. They're, between, they're awesome. Between these Dwemer ruins and Black... Uh, Black Not Black Fathom. It's... Uh, is it Black Fathom Deeps? No, that's in Warcraft. That's in Warcraft. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Dang lore tabs! <laughs> Stupid teeth. Um, it's the really Black cool Reach. cavern. Blackreach, thank you. Blackreach. Ah, I can't think and talk straight. I'm a good one. We've literally absorbed so much <clears throat> Skyrim information these days, it can't even come out of our mouths. I know, I swear. Just... I, I know everything about Skyrim, but I can never pronounce any names ever. <laughs> or remember <laughs> names of anything, but I can picture it perfectly. I've like, given up. I don't know if you've noticed. I just I have I've... Blackreach mapped in my head. <laughs> But I was thinking, well, between Blackreach and this stu- and this uh, Dwemer Ruins, I have over 150 soul gems on me. Half of them are filled, other half not, but I gotta go kill some more bunnies. Bunnies. The bunnies. The bunnies. Little bunny foo-foo. Anyway, um... The hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, I was going through this, and it was like the coolest place. There was like these fountains everywhere. I never saw an actual fountain in-game. They had these the round fountains, and there was these all these Dwemer ruins that I'd never seen before. Yeah, you have the. Uh, there's one in Windhelm. You well, passed a yeah, I know, times. I know, but they're little ones, little tiny decorative ones that looked like they were old and ruined. Okay, but anyway, they were awesome. Okay, jeez, just awesome. I'm sparing you the email. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Because you know, there's that one guy. He's like, hey, what about that one where the crazy zealot is in Windhelm? Well, it's not <laughs> nice and neat and pretty, and there's no Falmer around it. <laughs> Carlyle. Well, well, some of them, they're worth Almer, yeah. 
I've gotten this one room that was really awesome. It had this pool of water and this bridge that led to another room. But the drawbridge was up, so you couldn't get over it. And there was these, uh, like, uh, gears that were stuck and jammed all over the place. Mm-hmm. It took me a few minutes yeah. to figure out how to get past it. Oh! Yeah, you've been to this, right? Great. Yep. Joe, you jerk. I was in there one time and was asking you how to get through that place, and you were all like, I've never been there before. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to get the gears unstuck. I do now! (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for all your help. Oh, you're welcome, buddy. (laughs) Remove the skull, remove the spine, the leg, and the Dwemer scrap, which the Dwemer scrap was a hard one because that one's actually hidden underwater. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that one took a long time to find. It's like, what the hell am I doing wrong? <laughs> but once you get that, the gate opens up or the drawbridge falls down, and there's this freaking. And I had it, I was going to write it down. It was like, but I, I thought, no, I'll remember his name. No problem. Yeah, I forgot his name, but one of those big old uh, Dwemer robots. Oh, the Centurion. The Centurion. Oh, Thank you. Sitting there right there in front of me. I dropped immediately into Crouch. Somehow I became invisible right in front of the guy. Pelted him with three arrows and walked right by him. Nice. I don't know how that worked, but it worked. And <laughs> well, you know what we always say: if it's dead, it's a win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I was thinking when I was going through this place, like this, I actually uh, quick quick spawned over to a close to that proximity by going to one of those um, places in in Black Reach where you can go up to the surface. Mm-hmm. One of those elevators. And I, I went over there. I was like, this has to be a part of the of Black Reach somehow. Some of those like this. I just kept picturing in my head this massive, like, mountain full of Dwemer ruins. And sure enough, at the very end of this, it leads you right into Blackreach. Huh. Through a door that I couldn't get into previously to get the other way. So I thought that was really awesome. And I'm wondering how many more Dwemer ruins are around that place. I'm going to have to go exploring. Dude, they're everywhere. But those Dwemer ruins? Yeah, they're all yeah. over the place. It's crazy. Yeah, you fall down a hole and you, you find a Dwemer ruin these days. <laughs> That and I had to kill some more epic cockroaches. Hate those things with a passion. (laughs) Churros! Churros! They're cinnamon sugary good! And poisonous. When (laughs) deep fried. This is presented to you by Raid in Skyrim. Careful, they bite. Yeah. (laughs) But that was what I did this week. I'm going to eventually take that 150 gems I have and get my enchanting to 100 for the first time ever. Nice. And I can't wait to do that so I can have dual enchants on everything and be epic and no longer have to have that stupid soul trap on every one of my weapons. I can actually do cool stuff. Epic Joe. Woo! But anyway, my goal is to, this week, get my enchanting to 100 and my blacksmithing to 100 because I'm going to steal that 20,000 from the Dark Brotherhood Mm. and get my blacksmithing up to 100. So it should be fun. What about you, Ivarwin? No, wait, 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 wait. I don't want to know because you're in that game again, so... (laughs) (laughs) I go last. (laughs) So we're going to just skip over you for now. Lou. Wow, what have I been doing this week? Oh, right in the middle of finishing up getting Azure Star when I had to log off and come on Skype for the show. (laughs) So I'm in the middle of that at the moment. Uh, I'm actually at the part where Azure actually sends you inside the star to uh, get rid of uh, Melvin. So I had to stop mid-fight and uh, log off and be responsible come here. Darn it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what a buzzkill. What a, yeah, what a buzzkill for Skyrim, man. <laughs> um. Hold on a second. What, 
Dave, well, Lou might What's up? this too. Wasn't there like some kind of toy out there that was named Melvin? It like eats worms or something? Why would I, out of all the people in the chat, know about something that eats worms? Well, number one, you would remember that kind of a thing. But number two, I also forgot you're like way too young to remember that sort of thing. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I was born in 1989. Yeah, I think it was out around 1989. I've got like this ridiculous, I don't know, whatever. I, I interrupted Lou for some stupid reason. <laughs> <laughs> Lou. Don't get me thinking about that toy. Hit me in the face, Lou. Darn it. Yeah. Not to Google search it. But, uh, Just think, guys, in a year from now, this segment will no longer be Skyrim. It will be Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, mm, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> random thought. Thanks, Lord Tab. Lou. <laughs> Well, one of the funniest things happened. I mean, I was actually, uh, right before I got Azura Star, I had gone to the fortress where it was being kept. And, you know, in the middle of swimming, and out of nowhere, you know, this dragon just jumps on top of me. I'm like, are you serious? I'm in the water. <laughs> Try to be all cool, Charlie like submarine, hide in the water. But no, no, I guess he found me. And started attacking me. And silly me for thinking that water in Skyrim would actually protect you from dragon fire. Didn't help. I'm like five feet under. Like, seriously? I'm getting hit by fire? Okay. <laughs> under the water? Yeah, under the water. I'm getting hit by fire. Great. Great. So really, I really didn't want to toy with the dragon. Like, ah, come on. I want a missionary guy. Get away. Just go away. Don't make me take your soul. Just go away. <laughs> but he wanted to play. So, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here, let, me, let me get to the shore. <laughs> uh, I got to get out of the water. No, I got to get out of the water. Put on my armor. <laughs> you know, whip out the mullet, you know, the mace and the dawnbreaker and just kick your butt. Take off my swimming trunks and my floaties. <laughs> you know, you got to come a pair of wallets, you know, some boots, belts, handbags. Ugh. <laughs> you know, fight literally took me, you know, it's the regular dragon. It literally took me 10 seconds to kill this guy. Like, see? See what you get for wasting my time? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um. And then, again, I get jumped after I get the star. I go back to the priestess at that point, mountain point, to turn it in. And just as I was about to talk to her, again, that looming shadow overhead, I'm like, oh, no. Come on. Another dragon. Another one? Another dragon. Huh. <laughs> would I tell you about like, wearing – would I tell you about wearing axe for dragons? Don't do it. Yeah, I know. It's just – it's not having the effect I want it to have. <laughs> You're looking for the the female dragons, the lady dragons. If you look at the back of the bottle, it says, you know, dragon. What do they call that? Uh, that hormone, dragon hormones. So, don't use it. Dragon pheromones bad. <laughs> I'm gonna cross that off my list. <laughs> kind of like one of yeah. those Shrek moments where the dragon lands with big old eyelashes, batting her eyes at you. Oh, like a dragon from Shrek. <laughs> 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 That's what I picture in my mind right now. As a dragon fur was, oh no! <laughs> oh, and now is Donkey coming around? <laughs> it's, it's it. What's Donkey doing in Skyrim? Come on! Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I was doing that. Killed him off, and then you know got to the part where I'm now actually in the star itself. But uh, I'm also trying to finish up the Thieves Guild quest. And for the life of me, I. Yeah, I, I just, I'm like, I am lost. I'm looking at my journal going, all right, what am I doing wrong? Because I really don't see anything in my journal or in the miscellaneous part of the journal. And then I actually had to go online and look up the, the actual quest outlines. Figure, all right, what are the quests again? <laughs> what, am I sh- what should I be looking for? 
you know, I think I'm trying to find uh, Brynolf, and I can't find him <laughs> for some reason. <clears throat> so I'm really hoping my game, my game file isn't bugged, so. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I may have to go back, just, you know, go back a save or two, see if I can find him where he's supposed to be at, and then uh, go from there. All this Dragon Talk has me thinking, they need to do a mod. You know how they did the, uh, that wrestler mod for dragons that was freaking really funny? They need to do one that has Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah, the Randy Savage one, right? Yeah, the Randy Savage yeah. one. Yeah. Have one like the Puff the Magic Dragon or random cartoon dragons like Puff the Magic Dragon. You have the one from Shrek. You know, different <laughs> things like that. That would be hilarious. Oh, TMF from the animated uh, cartoon of D&D. <laughs> there you go. That would be Whatever. awesome. I think, I think Lou just nerded us all out right there. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that cartoon was next to Pole Position in 1982 on Channel 2, so. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're reaching pretty far back <laughs> for me. Again, born in 1989. <laughs> I have not thought about that, that cartoon series since I was probably about eight. <laughs> I even went out and bought the series on DVD. I'm back for, you know. From Best Stop, so. <laughs> they have it on DVD? Yes, they do. Oh! oh. It looks like a basic set. It's just like the first, very first basic set from D&D. Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, my God! I gotta get that. Which, by the way, I got that red box, the uh, the basic set from the 60s, from D&D. Mm-hmm. I actually got that, and I have that. It's it's awesome. I love it. But that's D&D, and this is Skyrim. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go back to Skyrim, shall we? Yeah. Please. Because, you know, I'm not the one, you know, causing all these segues here. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, right now, again, that's that's my latest concern is uh, going back and trying to figure out uh, – to reinitiate or figure out where I went wrong on the Thieves Guild quest. Otherwise, you know, I may have to chalk up that that particular file is corrupted and start over again or just pick up what I left off from two saves ago. Is this the first time you've done the Thieves Guild, Lou? In its entirety, or at this point, yes. The other characters I have, they're only, gosh, not even a third of the way through. Yeah. Well, what do you think of it so far? Like, has anything about it, like, uh, like surprised you? Or what are your impressions on this thing? You know, for the first time, you know, since this is my first real run-through with it, it right. I really do like the story that's associated with it. Yeah. That was I one thing I was like- surprised at with it. it yeah. Was- Sorry, go ahead. No, the story is is what surprised me about it. I really thought it was going to be, you know, very straightforward, and uh, it's got quite it's got quite a couple of quite a, a couple of twists in there. I wasn't expecting. Yes. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them too. And just the fact that you know coming down coming down from actually finishing, you know, the Dark Brotherhood quests, and now I have to go around and not actually not kill anybody <laughs> while I'm doing these missions for the these kills. Like, ooh. Yeah, it's tough. Put the mace away. Can you would be the best thing ever? They need to do an expansion or a, a, a DLC that's nothing but like this massive long thirty hours of Dark Brotherhood. I think I could go for that. Yeah, I was hoping that Dawnguard would have extensions to the existing Dark Brotherhood quest line, but they need to make Thief for Skyrim. Thief for Skyrim? What do you mean? Yeah, that classic games series of games from uh, Idos. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Oh, yeah, the, the old game thief. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Can you imagine that? I think it'd be a great mod. Yeah, it'd be an awesome mod for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, 
All right, Lou, you got anything else, buddy? Oh, no, no, that's it for my week. Okay. All right, about time. I mean, okay, great. Um, <laughs> Marsh. <laughs> Lou knows I love him. All right, Dave, what do you got for us, buddy? <clears throat> All right, Besides so burps. my week was not as profound as Lou's. But uh I pulled out all of my mods, including a lot of the ones off of the Steam Workshop, or just turned them off completely. And I actually went in and and have been playing my character. I went back to that one place that I can't remember the name of, where you open up the little underground door chamber and go into the... It's like a little thieves house right oh, outside. Oh, that... Area. Yeah, that one. There's like a million of them, Dave, really. Yeah. You know, the the one that me and Joe do every time we start a new character. Yeah, yeah, uh, that little building just outside of that place you start, you know, in that game that we always talk about. Yes, right, that one. Okay, so I went through that, and the only mod that I have online at the moment is the additional weapons mod. It's called uh, Combat or something like that. <laughs> wow, we're full of good names today, aren't we? Man, I'm, I had everything in my head right before we started this segment, and then I was—I'm just like right now. That's why we take notes. Welcome to General Skyrim, the podcast that talks about Skyrim but doesn't actually make a reference to anything in Skyrim. I know, man. I'm like batting zero today what's going on i'm player number one your host i'm player number two the guy that writes the show and i'm player number three <laughs> <laughs> it's so, called more combat it adds more weapons and uh additional um like throwing items to the game it's pretty neat uh that's like the only mod i have installed that in the mammoth hides Additional mammoth hides, like where you can actually kill a mammoth and get a hide and skin it. That's cool. Make an entire yeah. roof for your house out of one hide. It is. You get like 24 <laughs> out of one mammoth hide. It's worth it. Um, <laughs> but I've been going around. very angry. <laughs> since I'm dual wielding on this character, I've been going around just finding weird weapons to put together. And like, I totally have a billy clubs. What? Yeah, <laughs> they look club. like the little billy clubs that uh, policemen use, and you just like beat people down with it. I love this mod. But um, <laughs> hey, you no sleeping on the park benches. Get lost. <laughs> I uh, I ended up just like hopping from person to person, just beating people up. I ended up beating up a guard right outside of the uh, White Run. And I got a, a a bounty on me, and they started just running after me. It was crazy. Wow! But a couple more of those, and someone would assume you uh, work for the Occupy Wall Street movement. I, I know, beating them up with their own batons. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I I had an issue with the game. I I uninstalled all of these mods, and for some reason, every time I. I've been installing mods or uninstalling mods, or maybe I'm just doing the wrong ones. But I've I've had my my bindings reset, and this is the second time this has happened within like the last month. My bindings were reset, and I was thinking I was freaking out, thinking something got messed up with my game because my guy wouldn't crouch for any reason. I press the button, the guy's just standing there. 
So I, after poking a hole through my, my button for crouch on my, my laptop and killing my laptop with that, I found out that, um, <laughs> it was bound to the wrong button. So I had to go back in and rebind all my buttons again, which I, I, I played on a laptop. I don't barely ever use the, the mouse because of how I play. Basically, the mouse is only for, um, targeting and that's it. Right. Wow, these mods really, uh, they, they really screwed you up. They really did. I basically am starting fresh, even though I have all my saves. It still is, it's like a completely different world playing it without my mods that I've used before and, and well, now without my key bindings. Jeez, man. How, how many mods did you have installed? <coughs> um, 30 some odd mods. Wow. Just tiny things like unread books glow. Um, my favorite one, which I had to uninstall because I think it wasn't up to date, was uh, I have arrows glow in my game. Well, they did, mm-hmm. which really makes the game a lot more playable. Yeah, when it's like tracer rounds, you can yeah. actually Pew-pew. see the arrows as they fly. Yeah. <clears throat> well, with that meant that amount of mods in in Skyrim, I can understand why you would be having these problems because, you know, like I said, I think it was either last week or the week before. You know, so, some of these mods they go unattended for so long, and then Skyrim updates itself. You know, you, you get that over a large amount of mods, and you're going to have definitely have issues. Well, I figure I'm going to just keep the mods out of my game for right now, at least until. Um, Dawn Guard comes out on the PC and then start working on mods again. Yeah. Because I figure once Dawn Guard comes out, it's going to mess up everything all over again, so might as well just wait, what, another seven days for it to come out? Yeah, something like that. Probably a little longer, but... I don't think so. We'll talk about that later, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> but... um for right now, I have the game actually working, and I'm working on my, my dual-wield character, as I said before, getting ready for Dawnguard to hit. And my dual-wield character will be a, a blood-sucking vampire. <laughs> Did you already infect yourself with uh, vampirism? I, no. If I do that beforehand, will it work? Yeah. I mean, it, it'll still... Will that affect the storyline at all? Do you know? No, no, it doesn't affect the storyline. It it works, from what I can see so far, it works completely separately. Okay, all right. Yeah, they'd have That's to put some much kind it. of safeguard in for that. I didn't even think of that. A safeguard? How do you mean, Joe? Well, in case someone was... So you don't have to be uh, infected prior to the game. They did, I didn't want to... Uh, stupid. Let me think here. Um how to put this correctly, they didn't want there to be any prerequisites for this game going into it so that no one got left out. Yeah. Well, That's thank true. God. Thank God they did that because when um, when I started my uh, my Dawnguard playthrough, the character that I was using was just over that that um, that hump there. You got to be at least level 10 and, and my guy was like 13 because I haven't played the 360 in a while. So... I was really happy that they didn't make it like a level 50 requirement or a level 80 requirement. Well, that's not a hard achievement to get to is level 10. That's 
that's not an issue. No, not at all. No. But, uh. It goes fast. It just makes it so you can't just waltz up to the place and do it. Pretty much. Um, but I, I haven't really gotten a start on much of anything because I had to recreate my character since that, uh, start a new life crap didn't work. <laughs> since, since start a new life ended your life? <laughs> yeah. So I've been, uh, just sitting on that, that cart for half an hour, letting them talk to me. I remember that was the beginning of my week, which was hilarious. I sat on the cart, let the dude talk to me. I went in there, made some mac and cheese. By the time I came back, he was done with his first half of his oration. I made some mac and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know, it just hit me funny. (laughs) All right. (laughs) At least he didn't cut some hot dogs up and put it in there for some mac and cheese and hotty dogs. That's, that's classic right there, man. That's like bachelor food. Yeah, that'll keep you awake all night. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. Bachelor chow. With the, with you the only schlitz. eat like once every three days, but when you do, it just it gives you it so full that you never eat again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, is that it, Dave, or you got any more? Yeah, that's about it. I, I really I, I have not done much. I'm just waiting for Dawn Guard, so I have something to do, but... Speaking of which, let's go ahead and let Mr. Dawnguard talk about Dawnguard. I say we skip it. I don't even want to hear him. Oh. Guys are really hating on me. <laughs> Not well, in the slightest. <laughs> At least someone has talked about Dawnguard in this show, right? Sorry, I bought a 360, guys. <laughs> I had one, but it red ring out death on me. Not my fault. <laughs> well, yes, I've been playing Dawn Guard this week, as as usual, and um, I finally have gotten used to reacclimating myself back from the PC to my 360 controller. Not that it's a difficult task, it's just I'm a spaz. <laughs> I'm uncoordinated like that. Um, I've, I have learned, okay, and, and uh, for those of you out there who have not played Dawn Guard yet, okay, listen to this quick little tip, all right? When you, if you are going to become the Vampire Lord, all right, you have to switch into, how should I put it? When you, when you know you're about to get into combat, all right, let's say you're strolling around a dungeon, okay, and you hear voices far off. Uh, they're having a little conversation and you have a feeling like, okay, it's about that time. I'm about to, heads are going to roll. Switch into your vampire lord form then. Get so you into your fight. Big, ugly, make everybody puke and run in terror. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, the animation of becoming the vampire lord almost makes me hurl every single time it happens. It's you like. No, I don't get it. Why spawn wings out of your, your spine? You don't have aerodynamics. Oh. You can't do anything. It's so it's so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. You just hear, ah, ah, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, they came out of the wrong spot again. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's awful. I mean, it's wow. great kind of awful though, like like hacker slasher movie awful. So um, yeah, wait when you when you get when you're about to get into combat, then jump into your vampire lord form. Do what you got to do, and then switch back. All right, and this applies to just dungeoneering. When you're crawling through dungeons, try that. You're going to have a lot easier time getting through the dungeon. That's number one. Number two, if you if you force yourself into that 
um, discipline, all right, it's going to become second nature to you, and you're not going to notice the inability to loot chests, loot corpses, and you're not going to get stuck on some of the architecture around the dungeon nearly as much. If you if you explore as a as a vampire lord in dungeons in this game right now the way it is, you do find yourself frustrated over being able to loot corpses and and not being able to loot corpses and chests and you know those wings kind of get hung up on on some of the architecture around. So, so damn door, I can't get through. You gotta like walk through sideways a little bit. <laughs> Like my wings can't fit in the door, damn it. <laughs> Who put this torch over here? Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> Stupid size, waist size 32 Dovahkiin. Best. <laughs> you think he'd at least be able to fold his wings back, you know? Like some kind of creepy moth? Yeah, you, 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 you would think. You would think. Also, but, I would, I'd wow. like to see this vampire lord be able to, like, fly a little bit. His jumping ability is, is not what you would think a winged vampire lord would be able to do. Well, like I said, he has no aerodynamics. They pop out of his freaking spine. Right, I guess that would that would hold things up maybe. And plus, I think there might be a hole in his wing or two. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I and now, Joe, you know when I when I go through dungeons, I I explore so every crevice. So he's kind of like a chicken. He has the wings that are, but they're just useless. They can't fly anyway. I prefer penguin, but yeah, <laughs> dodo oh. bird. You know, whatever. <laughs> I love penguins. <laughs> so, I mean, Joe, you know when I go through exploring through dungeons. Oh, you know, yes. I, I watched your live stream. Every, every nook and cranny, every, every pot moved everywhere. People rearranged the dead corpses in a specific way to make him happy. I've seen right. it. <laughs> right. And we're recording today from the Indy 500. <laughs> <laughs> it's How's hot. You have to have the window open. <laughs> How's the DuPont car doing today? <laughs> so, yeah, every time, like, I do that, like, I go searching around and I find, like, you know, the end table that's got, like, three and a half inches of space between the the end table and the wall. And I actually... Oh, my God, I hate that. Yeah, and you look in there and you find, like, a coin bag in there and you scoop it up and you get, like, 36 gold coins. I always go, ha ha, Todd Howard, I found it. Ha! <laughs> found that, Todd. <laughs> Yeah, and then he probably makes fun of me. Kind of like, <laughs> like my hoarding days, where I used to pick up every little item from every dungeon and building and house. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like um, Helgen Keep. There's a book under one of the tables that you can't get without telepathy. Really? That really, really irritates me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can go back to Helgen. I know, and I, I I do it every time, and I keep forgetting what it is. It's something not important, but it still just irritates me to see that book under there just taunting me. <laughs> what Dave's, book is it? Dave's one of those kind of guys uh, that if anything is slightly out of place, it drives him nuts until he can fix it. Yeah. Joe does that to me. He'll do little things that I have to go back and fix them because... He knows that I have to. So we'll, we'll play Minecraft together, and I'll be we'll be building something, or working on something like a pyramid or whatever. Oh my! God. I'll put one little block out of place in this massive structure on purpose for Dave, and he'll go nuts for thirty minutes until he figures out where that stupid block is and fix it. I I did that one time. I had to measure and remeasure and remeasure. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you far one. <laughs> um. What else can I say? Oh. 
the the other thing I've noticed too about the uh, some of the mechanics. All right, as far as when you when you switch form. All right, you got to hit the right bumper key. When you switch form from from your regular self into the vampire lord, and you, you got to hit the the right bumper key. Okay. The the other skills that you have in your vampire lord menu automatically re, uh, toggle themselves. The default is bats. So if you accidentally like switch your form and you want to switch back, you got to go back in, reselect the uh, you know change form feature, and then wait for the cooldown for the uh, right bumper button to come off, and then you can switch back. That's the one piece of functionality that I haven't really gotten used to yet, and I would I would like to see that get changed sometime soon. I don't know if it's there out of convenience. Or or not. The only thing I could think of is you know when you switch your forms back into the vamp- into the vampire lord, you'd want to be on bats. I can understand that, but like I said, I'm a spaz, so <laughs> you just are bats. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and the other thing I got was I finally got my uh, gargoyle, Dave. Oh, really? Yes, yes. The the gargoyle is good stuff. Um, I don't know if it's allowable on top of other conjured enemies because I haven't got gotten into the conjured tree yet. I'm doing um, you know, he- heavy armor, heavy melee uh build. I ask you to do one thing. One thing. That's all I ask. I'm sorry, Dave, I failed you. You have failed me. I f- have I failed you for the last time? You have failed me for the last force chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Skyrim. Foos die. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so um yeah, the gargoyle is awesome however what you really want to do is you want to stick with uh serana as much as possible okay uh vampire chica keep her around she's a great tank she never dies she gets into the thick of it when you're about to get into a fight let serana go let her do her thing stand in the back turn into ultra uber vampire lord self and start killing people left and right and reanimating them with your vampire lord all right. Don't be the hero. Go rushing in there and be like, oh, I'm going to save you, Serana, because you have a pretty face. No, the hell with her. Let her run in there. <laughs> Let her do her thing, because you're the one that's going to die. <laughs> she, she can take care of herself. Yeah, she you, can. The hand. <laughs> yes. You are squishy. She is better than you. <laughs> no, Serana's an awesome tank. And if you got, if you get the, uh, the gargoyle, even better. Um, right now, my Magicka is not uh, I don't have a whole lot of Magicka in Vampire Lord form, so when I use Vampiric Grip, it just sucks all my Magicka right out of me, like a hemorrhaging vein. It's awful. Um, so i got to pump up my Magicka as much as I possibly can. Now, if I took that sentence later on and re-edited it and mixed words around, <laughs> that would be a very interesting sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'll take. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Vampire Grip, if you spec into Vampire Grip, all right, just make sure you've got a lot of Magicka or you, you are willing to put more Magicka points into your build because it, it'll, it'll take a lot of it out and then you won't be able to use anything else, really. So, be aware of that. 
Um, and that's it. That's what I've got for the week so far. Been been running around, uh, you know, murdering things left and right. Look, when you're outside running around Skyrim with with Serana, you know, you're doing your awesome thing. Or you can be in vampire lord form all you want, because eventually, what's going to happen is you're going to have you know those random encounters. It's that random dragon dropping in with his you know sh- uh, shower cap on, batting its eyes at at Lou, uh, who wants to fight you. Oh yeah. Um, or, you know, those wolves are going to come running at you. Stay in Vampire Lord form. This way, when those random encounters occur, you could just kill them and get the points for it. Instead of having to, like, you know, switch back in or wonder, is this the time I should switch in or out? Just keep just keep your Vampire Lord thing going. Just roll with it. Just roll with it, man. Well, see, I'm going, when I finally get my hands on Dawnguard when it comes out for PC, I'm going straight up, crossbow in your face, die ugly. Yeah, I can't wait to do that. That's what I've been building my archer for, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't wait. <laughs> Yay! Anyway, before I get overexcited and, and act stupid some more, let's get into the Tamriel Times. Confirmation by Imperial State. Dragon spotted in Riverwood. Jarl of Windhelm appoints a new thane. This is Tamriel Times. Your source for news in Skyrim. And here we are in the Tamriel Times, your official and, of, and uh, your official and community news. See, I can talk today. It really can't happen. Anyway, <laughs> official date for Dawnguard on PC, PS3, question mark. Question mark, question mark. And the official date for Dawnguard on PC and PS3 has not yet been released. What? Nah, nothing yet. Many forums out there have been asking questions as to when the add-on for Dawnguard will finally hit the PC and the PS3. To this day, Bethesda has said it will be 30 days after it hits the 360. That puts the release date to July 26, which is a Thursday. Now, as most of you may be aware, game releases occur on a Tuesday. So we anticipate the game's official release to be July 31st. In other words, but- Ivarwin anticipates it to be July 31st because right, they I'll actually just- <laughs> do release DLCs on Thursdays. Oh... Yeah, there's nothing that says you have to release on a Tuesday. However, and this is the thing is, I don't see Bethesda doing this to his fans and pushing it back another week. I don't see that at all. It's either going to occur the Tuesday prior to that Thursday, or it's going to happen on that Thursday. I could see it happening on on July 26th. Bethesda's big enough to be like, hey, bro, we don't have to live up to your standards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like... It's like a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. It comes out on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I am I going so. to be playing Dawnguard on my PC next week, dang it. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! I knew the feeling. Can't wait for that. See, next week, we'll have Maluka on the show. We'll all have Dawnguard. It's going to be an epic awesomeness of show. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Game Industry International Interviews with Matt Fryer. Yeah, the uh, Elder Scrolls Online game director, Matt Firer, was just recently interviewed by Games Industry International. Uh, the website is gamesindustry.biz, if you want to check out their article, all right, about the challenges in creating one of the longest-running and most popular single-player RPG series, The Elder Scrolls, into an MMO. Games Industry asked some really hard-hitting questions like, fans have asked, how can you take The Elder Scrolls, a single-player game, online and do you see this as something skyrim fans are going to play 
and even echoing the concerns fans have had over Bethesda going super corporate over its potential success and leaving the single-player Elder Scrolls series behind in the dust. Now, that's that's something that we here at the show have even fielded. Um, tons of people have asked us, like, you know, I don't like this MMO idea because they're going to leave the single-player guys out of the loop, which is not going to be the case. And, and uh, Matt Fire basically, you know, says that's not going to happen. Uh, you can check out the interview at GameIndustry.biz or find a link to it directly on our exclusive coverage on our website at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. Yeah, we got a couple of quotes in there from him, as well as a, a link at the bottom of the page. Um, really ultra, ultra simple for you to find because uh, I went onto their website and it's 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 a it's a website for you know the gaming industry. So um, it's on there, but you got to look around to find it. If you go to our site, we have it right there for you. We link you right to it. So it's great so, stuff. There you go. I, I want to play Elder Scrolls MMO right now. Yeah, that'd be great. I, they need That's to have it done right now. Um, we've talked about it in our yeah. .5 episodes and our previous episodes extensively. We, we know for a fact that they are in kind of a, a lull in their news currently. But that's okay. As soon as we get news, we will put it to you guys. And we have a Steam Somersault, which just happens every summer. And sucks your life away all summer long. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. <laughs> Can I do this one in my uh, my my uh, announcer voice? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Steam Summer Sale on Bethesda Collection, including Skyrim and Oblivion. Looking for great buys on Steam while you beat the heat in your air-conditioned room? Check out these red-hot summer deals and cool prices on Bethesda's cold, clean, crisp, refreshing, and cool collection available on Steam. Classic cheesy summer advertising references not included. <laughs> but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so between now and July 23rd, you can save up to 72% on the Bethesda collection for $49.99. You will get <laughs> the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, Brink and all of its DLC, Fallout New Vegas and all of its DLC, Hunted, the Demon's Forge, and as well as Oblivion Game of the Year Deluxe Edition for $14.99. I might have to pick that one up. Yeah, it's it looks like it's awesome sauce. Seriously. Yeah. Um, go over to uh, BethBlock.com. This is where we got all this information from. And a little bit more information as well can be found at BethBlock.com concerning uh, their games on the Steam Summer Sale. So there you have it. There we go. And in other news, Yetis have been found in Skyrim, but no sign of Bigfoot. Hello, Chupacabra. <laughs> The Jersey Devil or Snooky, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's my little uh, my little thing for the week there. <laughs> El Chupacabra. All right, anybody else want to comment on any of this news before we move on? I found a goat sucker in my backyard yesterday. Wow, anybody else? <laughs> I'll take that as a no. All right, everybody, we're going to be right back with a bannered mare. Welcome to the Battered Mare. What can I get you? And here we are in the Bannered Mare, your roundtable discussion. This week's Bannered Mare comes as a suggestion from a listener. 
And here is his email. Hey, Lou, why don't you read this email? Okay. And this email comes from Brian. Brian writes in, Hey, folks, I'm enjoying your podcast. Keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to The Elder Scrolls Online, but I haven't seen much info lately. So I was thinking it might be fun to speculate about a part of the game that might be different. In general, it seems like they are trying to have pretty bright monsters. The video on this page suggests there are lots of things that monsters might take into account in their strategies. And he provided us a link there. And it goes on to, so I was wondering if you might speculate on how monsters might behave. Will they opt to be optimized for launching synergy attacks? Will they try to build finesse and launch ultimate attacks? Any speculation would be fun to hear. Thanks. Brian. See, what's really happening here is that they're going to have a team of, like, thousands of people in front of their computer playing each NPC. <laughs> uh, no, that'd be cool, though. <laughs> troll number one hasn't come off his lunch break today. I need you to do troll number one and 15. Damn it! <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> so, the question for the panel is, what sorts of changes in a monster AI do you think would be a welcome addition to ESO? Now, uh, before you go answering, all right, keep things, keep certain things in mind, okay? Synergy attacks, all right? There is no trinity from the players. Players aren't locked into archetypes either. Adding a level of uncertainty for creating the encounter for the developers. So the developers gotta keep all this in mind, that there's just gonna be a lot of uncertainty being thrown at their created monsters. So from that, what do you think if you were like the developer, what do you think you would do in order to to keep some of the game balance in place, given that level of uncertainty? You know, it's simple. They got rid of uh, the whole aggro system that plagues MMOs. Whereas, I think they probably programmed the, the, the mods to be more like, okay, well, this person ran in first, we're going to beat the crap out of him. Oh, wait, look! Uh, squishy! Mm. Try to go after that Squishy, so Squishy has to kite him, his little the little friends have to counteract and make traps and all kinds of goodies, but um, I don't think it's going to be as complex as they're stating, but when you get rid of the aggro table, it's going to create a new dynamic regardless. Oh, without a doubt. It's it's all it's all hands on deck and all bets are off. There's no, I'm the tank, and I'm going to go in here, and I'm going to use this skill and this AoE to get all the guys up on Everybody me. Everybody use the five-second rule. I go in, wait five seconds so I can build aggro and then attack, and they won't touch you. <laughs> even though I'm barely even making them tickle. <clears throat> when you said five-second rule, I literally thought of a cookie on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Still good. It's Still good. good. Still good. Still good. Still good. <laughs> Will the monsters have their own synergy attacks or something like that? I don't know for sure. I think it would be cool if they had their own special abilities. But like they said in, in one of the early interviews, they said that when you walk into a room, no longer is it going to be like, okay, you have a group of three here, on the side of the room, another group of three there, on the left-hand side, another group of three. You go and you pull the one on the right side, you run back to the hallway, you beat up those three, and you go to the next room, pick up your next three. No, no, you go in that room, all six monsters, all nine monsters are going to look at you and go, <laughs> lunch. And all bets are off. <laughs> Lunchtime. <laughs> I, mean, I could definitely see it where, okay, say say that me, Lou, Dave are all playing in a group together, okay? You've all been playing the Paladin Architect, that's just what he is. 
I am playing my archer, Dave's playing a magic user, Lou's whatever random character he decides to play that day. <laughs> Which is probably not over level 20. Probably not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we walk into this room, Ivarwin immediately goes for what looks like the sword and board mob in the corner. The whatever, the, the Falmar that's using a sword and board. He goes over there and he starts trying to melee and, and dance with that guy. Me and Dave notice that there is a magic user in the back, so we try to go around the room, getting out of out any any kind of line of sight of this, of this mob that Ivarwin is da- bouncing around the room with, and we try to go one-on-one with this magic user to take him out. While Lou tries to heal us, while we're worrying about this, this other monster that that Tivarwin's with because he got maybe too close to Lou, who decides it likes Lou better because he's got, you know, a robe on. Yeah, I followed, I think, some of that. Um, I'm sorry. Jeez, I tried. No, you know what I... No, but I'm, I'm being half funny, but the thing is, is what I really like about everything you just described is... And, and this is what kind of, like, kept me off off the topic a little bit um, from following you was I had this thought in my head like I really like how ultra dynamic Joe is being with this because he the lack of aggro suggests that you need to be this ultra dynamic and I'm thinking to myself God you know if we go into a room and there's mobs in there and there's no aggro that exists okay literally all bets are off we have to huddle up together as as you know, friends and and people that are in this dungeon together, and say to ourselves, okay, what do we have in front of us? How are we going to clear this room? What should should we break off, like Joe is suggesting? Should we stay together? How is this even going to work? Mm-hmm. And you know, if it's if it's that like dynamic, you're going to start to find that there really isn't one way to do this. And if there isn't one way to do it, then you're not going to see like all these you know online. Uh, gaming magazines toss out the answer, and you're just going to be able to do a quick Google what search. This and tells get the me, answer. in particular, is that this is no longer going to be that boring dungeon run that you've done fifty thousand times the same exact way. You know, everyone yeah. know the boss strategy. Okay, let's do it. Or everyone know how to pull this group. Okay, let's go do it. And you get bored to tears. No, no, no. It's going to be different every time, especially when you have different people that use different skills. Because how the player dynamic works in this game is how it's going to. That's what's going to vastly um, dictate what's going to occur in these boss or these these monster fights. Because no two players are going to be the same. If they are, they're going to get very lucky because of how you level up your attacks, how you level up your abilities. Exactly. And I think the uh, synergy attacks are also going to play a very big role. Like how are we going to set up this trap to do the most damage to what we have in the room at this time. You know what I want to see, guys? I want to see I want to see enemies that are going to be able to use synergy attacks against us. And I want to see random spawns in dungeons. Those public dungeons that they were talking about? How great would it be if they had almost like a loot table that like like a boss gets, you know, a boss has mm-hmm. a certain loot table and a random item from that table drops when you kill him. How about when you enter that public dungeon with a group, a loot table of of enemies just suddenly drops and depending on the organization of the types of enemies that drop in there, their synergy attacks that they use together would be different. So you never actually encounter 
the same dungeon. Even though you've been in there before, the makeup of that dungeon is going to be different than the last three or four times you were you know, in there. I hate to bring up World of Warcraft, but there was one encounter in the Lich King expansion pack. There was an arena that you had to go with a raid. Um, mm-hmm. There was one fight in there that was never the same because it was different monsters that were equal to you in skill, or abilities anyway, that you would encounter of the opposite faction, and it would be different every time. No fight was ever the same. And that was yeah, the, the most... Little, the PvP one, where they yeah. hop down. That yeah. was the most yeah. interesting fight, because there was no particular way of doing it. Yeah. You had to switch your abilities out to make it work with your teammates. That's what I wanted... This is what I get the feeling for this game is going to be like. I mean, I could go into the same room with these three guys that are my good friends going in there to fight this this dungeon for the 15th time... But we all leveled up, and we all have different abilities. We have now different ways of doing this that we didn't do before. Or Lou came up with an idea that we didn't think about, and, whoa, what do you know? It works out better. That is exciting to me. Um, Lou and Dave, you guys have been really silent about this. What do you guys have to say about it? You know, I, I that's exactly what I was thinking, was that fight in Trial of the Crusader or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And... My first thought was that fight was a lot like herding cats. I'm not <laughs> sure just how viable that would be on a day-to-day basis for every fight. I really feel that, yes, there's going to be a good bit of uncertainty. Yes, there's going to be a lot of improvising mid-battle. But I really feel that there's going to be a... A lot of staged fights, if you get my drift. Like, when you walk up to a boss in an instance, he's going to do the same set five different types of skills, and you're going to have to deal with them the same way every time. There's going to be some type of system that they're going to rein players in on. Yet, though, even though that boss might have that five same abilities the players are not going to have all the same abilities. And when you don't have an aggro table, it's no longer a typical MMO encounter. I don't know how they're going to have to deal with that then. There has to be some sort of uniformity or else people are going to just Well, give up. it is. It's all going to be based on the players. The players' abilities. That's where the uniformity is going to come from, not the monsters. Not having to worry about the poop on the ground. Well, you're going to have to worry about that too, but in a different way. True. I mean, you could give the, that boss the same five abilities, but again, to spice it up to make it more interesting, you know, there's nothing written in the code that says that it has to execute these five abilities in the same manner. You know, you can give that boss five distinct abilities, but always change the order in which he executes them. That way, you know, the players can always say, oh, well, he's going to do this, he did this ability, oh, he's going to do this one next. No, he might do this one next, followed by this one. And that way, at least you keep players thinking the toes thing all right he's got four more attacks he can do which one's gonna pop next like which one are we are we prepared to fight against or they could even base it off where okay this boss has two minions two minions that are going to be with him in this room and they're going to use synergy abilities based off of what the boss can do on his five attacks but those two are going to be random so that's going to change up what abilities he can and cannot use there's a lot they could do with this to make it more interesting but yeah dave in one way i think you are right there is going to be some archetype there. There has to be. There has to be something. 
But they have to be able to the, control their content. If you take it in account how different the player abilities are and how that system works than a typical MMO, it's going to change our perception of that five abilities encounter. Oh, I completely agree. It's going to be something that we've n- never touched before. So it's it's going to be new. It's going to be strikingly new. And though I'm ready for it, I really am excited for this game. At the same time, I'm, you know, I'm with the crowd in, in I'm a little bit worried because it's, you know, it's new, it's scary. I'm as scared as I am excited to see it. Well, you have to be. Because uh, for years, um, MMO, MMO, the MMO genre has been, has been plagued with this, this horrible, uh, plague of if it's new, it fails. And I think in, a lot of that has also been in conjunction with if it's new, it hasn't been good either. A lot of the new systems that have come out to revitalize the genre really haven't been very well thought out or maybe very well tested. So that might be it too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's normal to kind of, you know, to be a veteran of this genre and, and walk into this game and, and kind of, you know, have some cold feet about the idea that this is, you know, it's got some systems in here that are genre redefining. And I know Matt Fer- uh, F- uh, Fire doesn't like the the MMO term, and would prefer it to be confer- you know known as an online RPG, which is great. You know, and I believe he's right. I think we're ready to move on to this idea of an online RPG. Um, but at the same instance, y- you know, I'm a little worried too about how well this is going to you know come off, and is it going to sink well and I'd have to say I'm more excited than I am worried because it's it's Zenimax, it's Bethesda, you know, Zenimax online is is just it's got a, a huge backing. Um I don't think this is gonna go off in the wrong way. They've had many years, they've had five years of development and, and testing and it's gonna be an alpha, there's gonna be a beta. You know, I think when this thing comes out these systems that were kind of, you know, got a little question mark over as to can this work in a real world scenario, in a real world situation? Can this work? I think the answer is going to be yes and an exciting one. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, exactly. Not only are they taking a well-loved world and and game series, and but they're also taking it into a new level of MMOs, the next level, in my yeah. opinion. And that's what's what I'm excited about. Lou, do you see what Ryan Burns in the chat room said about real uh, about the old MMOs? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You're looking at it, right? <laughs> best best MMOs are the oldest, and you know why? Because they're the ones that try to create a world and not increase the stock price. That's why. I'm sure they were trying to increase the stock price too, but you go in it, and I, I just learned this about about um, EverQuest. Because I just subbed up to uh, EverQuest 2 for the first time. Um, when I play EverQuest, I feel like I'm I'm involved in something that is going to take a while to learn. I'm in a uh, I'm in a world that has life breathed into it. Well, the and reason is that the old MMOs are always the best, is because they have the time to fix all the mess ups they created with and start. Well, I know there's that too. <laughs> But I think, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is I think um, Elder Scrolls Online is going to be in that way. I think it's it's there's going to be a lot of care and attention 
to creating that game and making it feel like it's a a world that you breathed life into and you have to create one character and and level that character all the way up because you'll best enjoy the game with that one character versus just going altaholic style and just I kind of feel like it's going to be the game where it's taking a page out of the old school and taking a page out of the new school and just tying it all together. All right, right. guys. They're trying to come up with a good compromise of the two, and I think they can do it. Oh, yeah. Last thoughts on this before we move on to our next segment, gentlemen. Uh, Varwin, you got anything? No, I, I'm, I'm good. I think that was my last thought I on it. I think we are tapped out. All right, we are moving on to the crafting table. And here we are in the crafting table. What do you have for us today, Varwin? All right. Well, our major mod idea for you this week is Invested Magic by Nine Inch Null. <laughs> uh, this mod turns all of your magic buffs into static buffs, so you don't have to constantly recast or worry about forgetting to recast during a fight. However, there's a catch. This mod attempts to balance the new convenience with Magicka Investment. You'll need to keep in mind each buff you apply. Now, as an amount of Magicka needed to maintain them, effectively reducing the amount of Magicka you have available to you. Additionally, this investment cost can be cut in half when specking into appropriate perk in its skill tree. Novice, Apprentice, etc., Here's a list of spells it affects. Oak Flesh, Stone Flesh, Iron Flesh, Ebony Flesh, Dragon Hide, Candlelight, Muffle, Invisibility, Flame Cloak, Frost Cloak, Lightning Cloak, Conjure Familiar, Flaming Familiar, Conjure Flame, Frost, and Storm Atronach, Flame Thrall, Frost Thrall, Storm Thrall, Raise Zombie, which I wish I had a couple episodes ago, <laughs> Reanimate Chorus, Revent, Dread Zombie, and Dead Thrall. So basically the way this mod works is you get that going, and you lose a little bit of your your magicka, and it stays that way until it either dies. If you recast, it um, if you recast, basically what happens is it'll remove the buff, so you'll have to cast it a second time. On top of it, that's interesting. That's actually quite a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like how they balance that out. Since it is going to be a static buff, it's going to take away from your active or your available pool of magicka. Yeah, it's like a that. it's a Dragon Age idea, is what it is, and I think it works perfectly in Skyrim. You know, if you want Oak Flesh and Stone Stone Flesh up, great, but you're gonna you're gonna be working with a lot less Magicka. Hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah, and your mini mod idea, Lord of the Rings Sauron's armor, Lotro Sauron's armor by Mister Lyrics Gamer. I've seen this mod on. On the workshop, quite a few times, I've been tempted every time to subscribe to it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks awesome. Uh, it's available on Steam Workshop. This armor is the exact replica of Sauron, the Dark Lord, ruler of the One Ring in the land of Mordor in Lord of the Rings. The author says once downloaded, you can find it in a barrel behind Bree's home, which is the house you purchase in Whiterun. Powerful maces that hurl ar- elven armies on impact, simple golden rings that enslave all life, and nine-fingered hobbits and their freaky schizophrenic thralls not included. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, well played there, sir. <laughs> Precious. My question is, is how powerful is this armor? Uh, you know, they didn't even say. That's a good hmm. question. 
this, I mean, that's easy, that easy to get, and it's way overpowered, that, I don't know. That's interesting. But come on, you're Sauron. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. That's a great counter-argument, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> you're <back> Sauron, to- <laughs> damn it. <laughs> you got the one eye. You're scanning all over the land. I'm so on. powerful, I don't need a ring. <laughs> <laughs> He's the ruler of the bracelet. <laughs> one necklace to rule them all. And in my darkness, bind them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the Middle Earth guys are shaking their head right now. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Really? They're all sad. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the Elder Scroll. fragment of time, a piece of creation, a record of history, history itself, the Elder Scroll. Welcome to the Elder Scroll, Laura's Luing, Lore, Luing, 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 Lore, 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 Luing, Lore, 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 Luing segment. Lou, what do you have for us today? Alright, this week I thought I'd just delve a little into the background of Nocturnal, or the Mistress of Shadows in the Dark. And no way, Barwin, this is not Elvira we're talking about. Damn it! I want Elvira! I wish I could be Stan Lee, because apparently he hangs out with Elvira like all the time. Oh, that lucky dog. <laughs> so lucky. Lucky. Stan, you and your cameos. Damn you, Stan Lee. <laughs> and so I'll start off a little quote from the goddess herself. Night among strangers. Secrets of the dark. Nocturnal is here. Wow, that sounds badass. Her. Nocturnal. She is the Daedric prince whose sphere is the night and darkness. She's also known as the night mistress and lady luck. A little Frank Sinatra there, that'd be pretty cool. Luck be a lady. <laughs> Luck be a lady tonight. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And the Thank keeper of the best armor looking armor in the game. Oh, I know. Yeah. I cannot wait to get up. That's why I'm trying to get along the these guild quest line. <laughs> However, the realm of Nocturnal within Oblivion is known as Everglow. It seems to have some connection with the luck that these seem to enjoy. Little is known about Everglow, much like its mistress. Only known location within the Everglow is the Shade Perilous, Nocturnal's Fortress. You know, when I get my first house, I'm going to name it that. <laughs> Scare the mailman away. Fred. She is usually described as being hidden by darkness and shadow. Descriptions of this prince usually take the form of a nondescript human woman who's draped in a hooded cloak and that hides most of her features and body. Although Joe will probably have her, you know, the thing, but she is depicted also with both arms outstretched and a pair of nightingales first on each wrist. Now, the Deja Prince herself claims to be an aspect of the Void of Oblivion. And, you know, she takes her own little titles, such as Mother of Night or Night Mistress. Hill is that special in her. Now, worshippers of Nocturnal consist primarily of those who operate in darkness and night, such as thieves and spies. However, Nocturnal deception is not usually meant to be harmful or violent in a manner such as Boethia. Rather, the unknowable nature of Nocturnal is the core of her being, what makes her a her. 
and so there's no real ulterior purposes beyond being mysterious. So I guess she likes having people wonder, gosh, what is she really like? We don't know. Yeah, it sounds like a few of my ex-girlfriends. Dave, high five. Virtual high five. <laughs> Virtual high five. <laughs> now, she has no more organized clergy. However, there are a few who call themselves priests nocturnal, although the night mistress does not herself seem to show them any particular favor. And through the centuries, it does seem that the colonel seems to have no real interest in worship or having worshippers. But even though she has a true clergy, she does have three mortal servants upon Nern who are known as the Nightingales. Now, the Nightingales serve Nocturnal directly. They are granted the power of a shadow, subterfuge, and strife. I like those powers. In exchange for their service. Once a Nightingale enters the contract of Nocturnal, they are bound for life and beyond to serve the Night Mistress in guarding the Twilight Sepulchre and guarding within Nocturnal's realm of Everglow. And as I just mentioned before, there is one temple of Nocturnal, and it's called, again, Twilight Sepulchre. And it's located in Skyrim, and though this was built around the portal known as the Ebonmere. And that serves as a direct portal to her plane in Oblivion. Now, Nocturnal I is the soaps. Twilight Sepulchre, I'm just saying. Just <laughs> I hate that place. <laughs> you know, I haven't gone there yet. No, that doesn't bode confidence me now, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> Stay out of the light. That's what I'm saying. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> now, she is the source of a thief's luck, and that flows from the Ebonmere. And it plays a heavy role in the lives of any user shadows to do their work. Although no one knows what price is paid in return. Hmm. 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 Now, Nocturnal is intertwined with two famous or infamous artifacts in Nern's history. The first artifact is known as the Cowl of Nocturnal. Now, this headpiece possessed the ability to completely hide its wearer's identity from mortal knowledge, including magical forms of scrying and identification. Its power was so great that people would be incapable of even remembering the name of whoever possessed the cowl, even while the cowl was not being worn. No one would be able to retain any long-term memory of interacting with this wearer, and even removing the cow in plain sight of others would not break its spell. You know, I want to find this thing now. <laughs> yes, you can rob everybody blind without them ever knowing anything right in front of their faces. Awesome. Love it! You know, and the second artifact is known as the Skeleton Key. I'm working on this one. Now, the key can not only unlock physical barriers, but also metaphysical ones. Magical ones. You name it, it can do it. Now, as demonstrated by Mercer Fry in the Blind Sided Quest, Carlia! <laughs> Skeleton Key also unlocks human potential. <laughs> it also allows the owner to pick any lock without the Skeleton Key breaking. I'm going to have to hold off and turn that thing in for a long, long time. Most <laughs> people do. Yeah, key point to remember is that Frey's theft of the Skeleton Key from the Twilight Sepulchers in a sanctum in the Fourth Era is said to be the reason why the Thieves Guild in Skyrim is having such hard times. Since the Ebonmere, which is the gate to Nocturnal's Plain Oblivion, was now shut, because the key has to be there in order for it to be open, and, you know, luck flows. Yeah, you stole the key, doors closed, guess what? Everyone's failing. The last thing I'd like to close out with, Carlia. Carlia. <laughs> <laughs> we gave a pretty good description. <laughs> she describes her as, she's like a scolding mother who pushes her children to do better. Meaning that she's not fully considered evil, but, you know, kind of pushes them along their goals. Yeah, go ahead, rob those people blind. Joe, Dave, Marwin. <laughs> yeah, and? 
Yeah, and I'll do it gladly. <laughs> Don't need any prodding. So there you have. That's a quick little run through I have with Nocturnal. Hope you all enjoy it. I actually enjoyed that one. Actually, I knew for one of them for the first time. I actually knew half of that lore from the game. Yay. Well, I would hope so by now. You've you've played this quest about seventeen different times. Still. I've never done the Thieves Guild quest chain. I've watched I've watched Joe do it. That chick's hot in her dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which chick? Which girl? Which one? The, the the one at the very end. I think it is the Daedric uh, Princess. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. I think you actually get to see Nocturnal. You do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, that one. I have a mod that gives me that dress for my chicks whenever I play a female character. Sexy. Yeah, yeah. You're one. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the town square before we get a little bit too outlandish. Hear that? Something's going on in the town square. And here we are in the town square. Your emails and iTunes shoutouts. Here we are, born to be kings. We're the princes of the universe. Why can't I mute you anymore from Skype? You're <laughs> driving me nuts. No, Robert. I'm sorry, but there can be only one. <laughs> and you don't have a sword. <laughs> there can be only one. <laughs> we have a producer's email of the week this week. And it came in to us from Rohan Gotobed. Hey guys, I'm emailing you as a long-time listener and a fan of your show, and it makes my afternoons of running around Skyrim even more fun and action-packed. Now I hope to say I'm a contributor to your show as well. Guess what? You are. Indeed. To celebrate my homeland of the UK hosting the Olympic Games, I have a ridiculous idea for DLC quests. So, Skyrim are hosting the Olympics. And the torch relay, made up of random NPCs, is traveling around Skyrim visiting all the towns and cities. Your mission is to kill the torchbearer to get the Olympic flame while you get bonus if you do it inside one of the cities. After you stole the torch, you may you can use it as a weapon and set and set fire to your bonus. Just loving the idea of heavy of, of my heavy armor Imperial running around holding the London 2012 torch. Hilarious! What do you think? Thanks in advance. Well, we have a response for you, and here you go. Okay. Uh, I'm uh, Ivarwood from uh, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, sir, and uh, I see you're the uh, torchbearer here for the Skyrim Olympics, sir. How do, you, how do you feel about holding the keeper, being the keeper of the, the peace, the torch of peace here in, in Skyrim? It's uh, very good, sir, yes. Uh, the holding the, uh, the torch of peace uh, and uh, going to a light run with the uh, torch in hand is one of the greatest uh, possible uh, the things that uh, the uh, Khajiits could possibly do in the land of Skyrim. Oh, very good, sir. All right. Go. Now, here's the thing. There's my bullet. There it is. Strings good. Where's that? Where's that poison? Where did I put that poison? Oh, right. Here it is. There we go. Now, where is that? Not the case. Correct. Yes, sir. This is the case. I carry the torch for my people, the Khajiit, holding the piece of flame for all of Skyrim, just to announce to everyone we are not all... Money grabbing, uh, 
uh, merchants and, uh, as you say, uh, the thieves. We are not, uh, nor do we all have uh, uh, alliances to the, the dark brotherhood. Uh, <coughs> uh, my uh, uncle Gisardo, uh, Yep, there he is. He's got a reporter with him. <laughs> what a fool. All right, great, excellent. So, do you the arrow here. A little uh, concern, maybe, that, you know, and someone out there might uh, feel a little uh, uh, animosity towards your, your uh, culture here and your race. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of guards around in Texas. Goodbye. Guards at all, actually. Where, where the hell are they? Oh, my God! Somebody killed the guy! Holy God! So, medic! Medic! <laughs> right in the forehead, sucker. And another one, and another one bites the dust. All right, who's gonna get that next email? <laughs> y'all are crazy. <laughs> I just like to say that y'all are y'all are just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad that I come on the show and y'all make me look normal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I mean, Joe and I, we, we read this email and I was like, Joe, uh, we could turn some, we could turn this into something. He's like, Oh my God, we could. So we like, we fired a few ideas back and forth and we were like, this, this is what needs to happen. <laughs> so we came up with this whole thing. Like, I don't know. It t- how long did this take us, Joe? From like recording to when you're finally done? It was like an hour and a half, two hours. About an hour, hour 15. Yeah, threw it all together, and oh my god, Joe sent this thing to me, and I was in tears. I was crying. <laughs> Holy god, it was just so funny. <laughs> so, Mr. Mister or Ms. Rohan, go to bed. You indeed have contributed to our show. Thank you very much for the idea, and uh, we, we were very appreciative of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, our next email, Dave. All right, the next email comes from, I guess... Oh, <laughs> That's why oh. I gave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's written in Anazazi. It, it means uh, material or something. Now, Dave, says, how, do, how do we recognize it's Anasazi, Dave? It's the long string of consonants. <laughs> well, no, it, it's it's actually new Anazazi. It's, the, it's one of those weird words. Anyway... Um, this one means- says, hey there guys, it's me, Hodish I did not realize that my name was Hodish When making my iTunes account, all the account names I wanted weren't letting me use them, so I raged and clicked a bunch of letters on my keyboard. Thank you so much for shouting out my wild and weird name out on the show, and I'm pretty sure Dave pronounced my name right. Guilty bow. He has yes, no idea uh, if he did or not. It's just, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> it, I, it really did. It looked like a face roll. If it was made out of ones and twos, it'd be an arcane mate. It was, <laughs> it, it was pretty bad. Hey, we should have arcane mate just now. <laughs> It, it really, it does look reminiscent of an arcane mage rotation, because it's all S's and H's. <laughs> do it again, Dave, do it again, for now. Come on, come on. Hodinikshin sha sha sha. It should be church bell in the background when he says it. Oh my god. I love this guy. I love this guy. He sent, if you didn't hear. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I'll pull myself together. We lost you, Marlon. Sorry. If you didn't hear last week's show, he sent us a five-star review, which was really appreciated, but he was all like, oh, man, like, you know, even though these guys didn't shout me out the first time, you know, I just want to say it's great podcast. You should definitely listen to it. So it's it's a five-star review. So we totally like, you know, we, you know, we're appreciative of that. Um, but at the same time, we couldn't believe that we missed him. So we just, you know, shouted him out as, as we normally do. And we couldn't believe like his name was, was this. We thought it was a, a so practical The reason joke. we didn't do it the first time was the fact that his name was like that. Yeah, so we thought it was a practical joke, and then we realized, like, it must not be, so we shouted him out anyway. And uh, he sent us this email back, and, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Guilty Bow uh, is how he signs his his, uh, his email here. Mr. Guilty Bow, we definitely appreciate um, you sending us this email, and we, we love you, so good <laughs> good on you, bro. Good on you. <laughs> I like how he painstakingly spells out his, his name, too, in iTunes. One more time, one more time. <laughs> Lou, you want to get the next email? <laughs> so that he's already going to take his breath. Yeah. Our next email comes from Chris G. Chris writes in, Hey guys, just heard episode 30. Nice job, including you, Joe. Couple of things. Dave, you're telling me that if Dragon Mounts were offered a game buy with advanced purchase of the next DLC, you would not go and buy it? But they weren't. They weren't included. They weren't, damn it. I was never put in that position. (laughs) I didn't have to compromise my morals. (laughs) (laughs) And all the haters who email you are a bunch of milk drinkers. Yes, you have a segment that talks about mods for PC. But if it does anything for me, it makes me want to get the PC version just for these mods. Your show does not revolve around PC only if it only listens to all your episodes. Lastly, I play the Xbox 360 and Hog the Dawnguard. You lucky as a... I went with Dawnguard side first, as I know most would go vampire. I'm now starting the vampire side, and must say, I'm having more bugs in this side than the other. Yes, my load times have also increased, with once it just sat in load screen. I'm still happy with the DLC, but not as you guys pointed out. What was the beta for, and why was it so short? Sorry for the long email. Great job, my QGN. Can't wait to hear more. Said for my iPhone, Chris G. I have no idea what the beta was for and why it was so low, so short. Normally, they you do betas two to three, four weeks in advance just to get either low testing for service for online games, or in this case, if a one-player game is for beta testing, bugs and things like that. But for one week, I don't know why they did it like that, and it, I don't you know, know if we're have an answer. It really feels like the only reason they even did it was to get hype. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, for the amount of people that joined up for it, it might have been a quick stress test. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm also thinking... Stress of what? There's no server. Maybe stress to download? Mm. Maybe. Unless they felt really confident that they weren't really doing much of... You know, they weren't going to put a lot of stress on whatever coding they already have within the game. You well, know, maybe a few character models here and there. Stress yeah. to download doesn't make any sense either because it's all being hosted through Microsoft's side. I don't know. I don't think it could have been hype, though, because for the amount of people that actually got into the beta and the amount of people that wanted to you get know, into the beta... Honestly, this could have been like their own way of doing a, a giveaway. Might have been. Because after all, everyone who was in the beta got the game for free. I don't know. I don't know what the old geniuses over in Beth- Bethesda were, were cooking up for this, but um, I, I hope, you know, whatever they were planning on on that, uh, I hope they it, it worked out for them, but 
I mean, it was released with, uh, you know, a significant amount of bugs, everyone is saying, and, you know, begs the question. does beg the question. Definitely does. All right, Ivarwin, next email, please. All right, now that I've wiped away the tears from my face over the uh, the other email, <laughs> <laughs> this one comes from John S., and he says, Hey, QGN team, I'm a huge fan and think you guys are doing something awesome by focusing on the games you guys clearly enjoy. Hell, your Diablo OTR crew convinced me to get into Diablo, and Keth, what? What, what? <laughs> and Keth doing a live stream convinced me to buy Dungeon Defenders on Steam. Thanks, John. You're you're awesome. Uh, sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't get any royalties from you guys buying the games we talk about, which stinks. But you know, <laughs> no, we um, that's one of the things we when we look at. Uh, if you bear with me, sorry, Varwin. No, 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 uh, no. Go ahead. I, I have a I have a correction on on this one to uh, to make. So go ahead. When we do a new show for the network. We look at a, a bunch of factors that are involved. One, are we, any of the staff members, a fan of the game that's coming out? Are any of us interested in playing that game? Two, is it going to have the kind of audience that we need for our podcasting? Um, and three, how long is this game going to last if it doesn't have longevity to it? So those are the three factors that we put into account when we come up with a new show. If I want, you can talk to. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I think you've uh, you've definitely have, have put that where it needs to be. All right then. Yeah. Uh, next email, I guess. Um, I guess I have to read the next one. So, Lou. Alrighty. And this one comes from looks like an anonymous source, but he or she writes in. I've received so many great tips from you guys. I would like to give a few that I wished I had known earlier on my game. The first tip I have is a starting quest called Unfathomable Depths. You pick it up from an Argonian named, named uh, from Deepest Fathoms who can be found around the docks in Riften. It takes you through a dungeon called Avanshell. The reward for it is what makes this such awesome quest. You receive Ancient Knowledge. It's a permanent perk that gives you a 25% bonus when wearing Dwarven Armor and Smithing increases 15% faster. What? Yeah. What? Great mm-hmm. tip. What? Yeah. Look this up. I couldn't believe what? this. I, I emailed this individual back, and I apologize, because when I put this email in, in the notes, I forgot to put his name in here. And uh, I'm currently looking through our email list right now in order to find this email so I can correctly give them uh, their just due. But um, this is one. I read this email. I'm like, no, really? <laughs> Like I was, I was pretty shocked. That's cra- can I do it one more? What? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's yeah, that's to- crazy. I I did not know about that. I, our listeners are awesome. They always send us in these neat little things for us to do every week. I am going to have to just go and find this just to do it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm thinking right now. I'm writing this down. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I got it. This comes from Zach F. Well, ah. thank you, Zach F. Yeah. Here's to you, Zach F. Here's to you, Zach F. <laughs> Mr. Avonshell Man. <laughs> Real Nords of Skyrim. 
Uh, I emailed him back saying, great email. I included the first tip on the notes. Had to cut down a little bit because it, it was kind of extensive. Um, and then I wrote in, uh, but it was awesome stuff. And I, I think uh, doing this, I'm going to be doing this quest uh, once I'm done with uh, Dawnguard on my 360. So thanks for listening and for being an awesome fan, Ivarwin. Um, yeah, Zach F., thank you very much for this because this was a, a great email and I was really excited about putting your first tip in here. All righty. Our next email comes in from Xbox Gamer, and he says, I've only watched a few episodes. Okay, you've watched them. Anyway, so it might <laughs> have been a running joke, but why do you guys say Fus Ra Do? You guys do know it's actually said as Fus Ro Da. Also, if people hate your show, why do they even take their time to compose these emails and watch the show? Uh, yeah, it is a running joke. Yeah, actually... Uh, we're Lixdexic, first off, if we ever mix it up. <laughs> but I'd like to say it's not Fus Roda or Fus Rado. It's Fus Roda. It's Fus Roda. <laughs> it's, it's Fus Roda. Just so you know. Alright, cause, you know, there are rednecks in Skyrim somewhere. We just haven't found them yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, saying Fus Rapu sounds better than Fus Ropu. So, you know, it's just a matter of preferencing. <laughs> You know, it's all essentially the same thing. You just, you, it's just how you say it. It's all essentially the same. Ivarwin, do you have anything to say on this email? Or do you have yourself muted? Wow. Yeah, he was <laughs> muted. I was muted. Man, you guys missed my awesome joke about rednecks and Rorikstead, too. Damn it. Okay, now you gotta <laughs> <Yeah>. say it. <laughs> uh, well, someone said there wasn't any, any rednecks in Skyrim, so I said, yeah, they are, and they were in Rorikstead. <laughs> okay, then. No, it was funnier at the time. <laughs> I have no idea how he watched the episodes. I didn't think we were actually recording video, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe check out the live stream. Our recorded live stream. And the reason why people who hate, possibly hate our show, we get, don't look at that many of them, but when they do, um, take the time to compose emails, is because they are trolls. And <laughs> trolls like to create as much drama as possible. Well, that and they're probably... Related to Dave, so probably, probably. Again, it's the word. Hence, again, trolls. Um. Oof! Ouch! Uh, <laughs> <Yowza>. <laughs> oh, Dave! I don't I know. You. you know, a lot of people have really high feelings about the Elder Scrolls game, one way or the other. I don't think I've oh, met yeah. anyone who's just been meh about the Elder Scrolls. You know, have you ever met anyone who's just impartial about Elder Scrolls? I don't think they make them that What's way. Interesting. So. If they know about gaming and they know about the Elder Scrolls, no, it's it's one way or the other. They I, either love it or hate it. Like me yeah. personally, o Oblivion, all, all the other ones, Morrowind, I hate them. I loathe them. Skyrim, I'm in love with. But that's just me. Everyone has their opinions on the different games. And you get these people who send us emails, and you can tell they really care one way or the other, and they you know may highly though? disagree with us. Is that the vast majority of our, I'm using air quotes here, hate mail, comes from people who at the very end of the email says, still a big fan of your show, I felt like screaming guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it seems like a lot of the a lot of the hate mail that we get is they they always like they always take a comment or two that was made and then they, they drop it in an email and I read this and I think to myself, like, I don't know if they were listening to the entire show because if they heard what I said before that or certainly what was said after that, they would have understood what that specific comment that they're referencing really meant. 
So I might I may come off and say like you know this this one thing here I'm not a fan of. However, I understand the way it works because of this other thing here that I am a fan of, and therefore all of it works in conjunction. They miss that whole thing. They just focus on that other one little thing, and um, I think it really comes out of you know either me not saying exactly or saying well what I mean or or some sort of you know lost in the mix. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, alrighty. Actually, we we do get <laughs> we do get far less hate mail than positive email. Far less. Yeah. yeah. Like one in every thirty. So or forty. So it's it's not bad. And we we love everything you guys have to say, even if it's bashing us one way or the other. <laughs> okay, so we don't love those. But anyway, moving on to the next email. <laughs> Evarwin, grab the last one. Yes, this comes from Parker W. And he says, y'all should have a vote thing to see who's everyone's favorite host is. No. Because that causes <laughs> problems amongst the hosts. A little bit of infighting. And we I vote the for... end of it when Dave wins. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think... Know, that's funny. Like, I get bashed all the time by these people who are, like, dead, you know, Avarwin fans. And, like, I love Avarwin. Maybe not as much as other people, but I love Ivarwin. See, so, yeah, it, it would be a tie between Lou and Dave for first. Ivarwin close second, me somewhere like down on the bottom. My my favorite's Lou. Lou's my favorite. <clears throat> What's wrong with you people? Joe put so much work into this. I love Joe. <laughs> well, you have to love Lou because he's Chuck Norris. He's our Chuck Norris. Yeah, you're right. He is Chuck Norris. So Lou doesn't swim. Water just wants to be with him. <laughs> <laughs> Just wants to be around me. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of Lou, Lou, we got five star shout outs. All right, our five star review shout outs from America CRM951, God of Undead. Wow, that's great power, man. <laughs> from our friends across the pond in the UK, Monster Manny. And that's it for five star reviews. All right, our final thoughts. I really had a, a great time with the show, guys, and I can't wait for future episodes to come, not just next week's, but I'm going to really enjoy that one. We have a lot of exciting things coming up, guys, and we can't wait to share it with you all. Keep the emails coming, and Evarwin. I just want to say uh, God of Undead, who sent us a, a five-star review. Um, you know you're doing a decent show when Molag Ball has nothing bad <laughs> to say. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you a thumbs up and a virtual high five from Oblivion. That's right. You guys, high five. <laughs> All right. By the way, at Molag Ball, bro, how come you're not tweeting me back, man? At Molag Ball, what's up? <laughs> you really are going to tempt fate with that, aren't you? Come on, man, tweet me back. You know, say, he's going to take your soul, and then you're going to be mad you asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> we need some more Daedric Princes out there with Twitter accounts, because at Molag Ball ain't giving me any love. Lou, what about you? <laughs> oh, I'm super psyched for next week's episode. I'm also looking forward to actually. I'm going to go find that that quest. I'm going to find that Argonian. I will find that quest and find a bond shell. I'm getting that perk. That <laughs> just took it to pass up. Oh yeah. Winner. All right, Dave. Um, you know, I really want to do that too. Uh, I'd like to say a few things on our, our emails. First off, no, I would not have bought Skyrim if they were doing a bunch of buy only here DLC. 
as well as I'm putting together notes for my um, post journal, which I will be doing a not it's not a vote off between all the hosts, but it's a um, fight to the death, hmm. which I'll be doing a, a dice roll to see who wins. <laughs> if, if I, I just if I action. lose in that first round, it's rigged. <laughs> I'm putting you up against Boone, so yes, it will be humiliating if you lose. Yeah. I better get a modifier of, like, 50. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How to reach us, Yvonne? How to reach us. ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. 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 That's our website. You can reach us at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. The QuestGamingNetwork.com. QuestGamingNetwork.com is our portal site. You can reach all of our shows, all of our episodes, all of our updates, all of our host journals, and further on into our new community cast as well. It's all there at QuestGamingNetwork.com. If you want to send this show an email, send it to Elder Scrolls Off the Record at gmail.com. Please take the radio survey. It's found on all of our brand new websites. It takes about five minutes. Very, very important to us. We love hearing from you and all of us that produce the shows and the network love hearing all of your ideas and it gives us ideas on how to make the shows better so you enjoy what you're listening to. Also, please don't be shy. If you like us, toss us a five-star review. Helps, helps the show out tremendously. You have no idea how much it helps the shows out. Uh, we provide a service. For advertising, for you, $10 gets you what you want. $10 mentions, you can find it and uh, on all of our websites using the PayPal button on our sidebars. Just uh, click on that. Tell us what you want us to shout out. Works great for birthdays or friends, anniversaries, podcasts, um, you know, so on and so forth. The list goes on for guilds as well in some of the uh, podcasts we do regarding MMOs. Let us know you're recruiting. Let us know you're a fan of the show. $10 gets you what you want on our $10 mention. Don't forget our other shows as well. We have Diablo Off the Record on Fridays at 6 p.m. Minecraft Off the Record Sundays at 7 p.m. SWOTOR Reforged on Mondays at 7 p.m. All of them recorded live at livestream.com forward slash the quest show. And not to mention that we have Planetside Off the Record just got launched now on iTunes, and we're recording every other week until the game is launched or the NDA is lifted. So our next episode is recorded on the 26th, and that will be recorded at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Sweet, man. I can't wait for that show. Elder Scrolls, all, uh, excuse me, um, Elder Scrolls, uh, Planetside, Planetside 2 Off the Record, I heard episode zero, dude, it was freaking amazing. For a guy that was like not interested in that game at all, between you, Mike Forney, and Keth, I'm like supercharged for this game. Supercharged. I can't wait for this game to come it's out now. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's they, these guys are throwing together a really good show. They're getting all the info off the betas out for you as much as they legally possibly can. I mean, definitely check out Planet Side 2 off the record. It's an it's amazing just show. Just Planet Side off the record. Planet Side off the record. <laughs> <laughs> Planet Side off the record. <laughs> All right, Twitter. You, uh, the show has a Twitter. It's Elder Scrolls Off the Record at Elder Scrolls OTR. Joe can be found at author J.R. Wilson. 
Evarwin, that's me, can be, fe- can be found at Evarwin. Lewis Olan is at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11B. And Dave is at DN4. D-I-E-N-4. At DN4. Steak! <laughs> oh, I'm not <laughs> And Joe, you want to take this last bit? Always. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network. And I just want to say, Fusra, you all, next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the Force be with you. Good night, everyone. Take care. See you all again next week. Fusra! So chat room, why don't you send us a little, a couple of questions, and Dave and I will answer them as best as yeah, we possibly can. We will, we will answer them right now. Right now, anything you want to know. Quick fire questions from the chat room. Let's go. Are you awesome? No, Dave that's is re ooh awesome. <laughs> David's uh, awesome. I'm not. Dave. Dave, do you have to address to match your ponytails? Yes, and it's a tube top. Oh, sexy. Keep. <laughs> Keep those man boobies in. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Parker. Parker's a good guy. I like Parker. Do you get out of the sour to take a pee? No, you just have to have really good aim. Why bother? My shower is like right across the the bathroom from my toilet, and you just... It's called the arcing rainbow shot. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. The real question is, does Dave get out of the shower to drink a beer? <laughs> That's the real question. Uh, I think you already know the answer to that one. Do you care for ancient Nord weapons? Actually, yes, I do. Yes, I, I the ancient those. Nord bow is the best bow for a long while while you're leveling up. Who's got more? Someone in there's someone in there's got a question they're afraid to ask. Let's hear it. Any question? Not leave. You know, no bars hold. Have you actually completed the main storyline yet, or are you all stuck with an army of alts? <laughs> <laughs> I I have completed the main storyline. Uh, everyone pretty much has, I think, with the exception of Lou. And uh, we we prefer him to keep making alts. This way he keeps that fresh perspective on our show. Have ever made Nord Hero weapons? Um, no. I, no, I haven't. I think I think I know what you're talking about. I just I never went out of the way because they were still not as good as what I use. Uh, does Joe does Joe like going to the dentist? Because when he does so, he gets high. Yes, yes, he does. He intentionally breaks his teeth. Yeah, he does. Uh, What's your best guesses to which mods are going to crash and burn with Dawnstar? Every single freaking one. I've had to update SKSE so many times. I've decided to uninstall that crap. Yeah, it's it's best to go with uh, the Steam Workshop when it comes to mods. Those uh, those are actually updated. I haven't bought any summer Steam sale games yet. No, neither have I. But I'm definitely thinking about getting um, uh, Fallout Three. Um, I'd, I'd consider Vegas. Fallout. Yes, I would consider Fallout. I need to look at that. All right, barfing in the bugs. Uh, I hate going to the dentist because they put me in enough pain where I need lower tabs. Hold on, there was a question in here directly directed at me. Uh, what's your favorite feature in Dawnguard so far? 
Uh, nope, I don't want to hear. Um, that's a hard question, man. I, I'm gonna right now. What I'm gonna go with is I'm gonna go with the um, the crossbows. I'm gonna go with that because they're 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 freaking awesome. Least favorite how, creature, human or How many games has have Dave bought in his whole life? Um, I collect rare games. Like I have a collection of rare PS1 games that, uh, like original packaging Final Fantasy VII. I have original packaging uh, Valkyrie Profile. Some of the really good ones. <laughs> uh, because because we forgot this one and it was going up. Um. All right. Uh, tell us about the dragon bone weapons in Dawnguard. Uh, I don't do crafting all that well, so I haven't gotten to that yet. Uh, what's your favorite dragon priest mask, if any? Uh, the awesome one that I keep getting my butt kicked and I actually can't get. Um. <laughs> do we wear pants while making a podcast? No, I am not wearing no. pants. I'm in fact wearing shorts. I'm I'm actually <laughs> in, I'm constantly I'm always in my PJs when I podcast. Podcast in PJs. That's what you do. No, I'm not wearing pants while I'm podcasting, and I'd like to also say that uh, going commando is where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Lou wears a slip. <laughs> <laughs> what is it out on PC? We just I, uh, we just spoke about that actually. I'm pretty sure that Lou mentioned the fact that he wears the pens when he podcasts. I don't know. I'm just saying. All right. This is fun. Favorite creature slash humanoid to come across. Ah, I think we all know what that is, and it's not Yetis, it's painted cows. (laughs) (laughs) Painted cows. Does Mini Widget sit and listen to the show? No. That drive me nuts. Does Dave (laughs) have his pigtails? Uh usually. Remembers to put him up. But yeah. If I don't put them up, my hair gets all like... I have really straight Italian hair. So if I don't put it up, it looks just like greasy from the second I walk walk out of the shower. Maybe you need to try a different shampoo? It, no, it doesn't matter. Like, if I go without washing my hair, it looks cleaner than when I step out of the shower. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Prell, guys. Jackie Estacado, Exactly. That's exactly what my hair looks like. <laughs> oh my god, you have no idea. Oh, it was so cool. In order to... What do I use to make the bumpers for the shows? Um, we use the NCH Pro software suites. They're not cheap. But um, I use their MixPad audio mixer for the direct mixing. And I use WavePad for the editing... Um, and adding effects such as like a reverb or echoing that kind of thing. Um, and I use their sound tap for recording. Really good programs. Really easy to use, especially if you have a background in editing video. You know, and a, a good sound. sign of a good software is where it has a very easy interface interface for beginners, mm-hmm. but has a really really deep aspects for it for advanced use. Kind of like a Photoshop. Mixpad's kind of like the Photoshop for audio. Yes, Blue Yeti is a great mic. One of the best. However, yep. the network's getting ready to take a different step uh, a step forward in our, in our podcasting, and we're getting ready to go to uh, um, soundboards and condenser mics that are non-USB-based, so the Yeti doesn't really work for that. And But it's going to sound sweet. We'll have that hopefully up and running next week. I, I like this one. How do you guys... 
how old do you guys think Dave acts? Oh, thank you. You're fired. <laughs> you can't fire me. I'm the boss. Too bad I fired you. You're done. Oh. Get out. <laughs> we are on... We are all on Skype. Um, Ivarwin and Lou are up in the New York City area. I'm in Buffalo, New York. And Dave's down there in Florida. 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 Yeah, I'm I'm in the tail end of Florida, where you have like all the old people sitting next to the people without teeth from Alabama. What? Or <laughs> <laughs> still calls Florida or no God's waiting room? <laughs> or after the whole voting incident, you know, eight years ago, Florida, Laura. If Arwen, when was the last time you pooped in the sand? I poop in the sand uh, quite every day, actually. It's uh, just the preferred mode of pooping. <laughs> actually, I just got back from pooping in the sand. Branther, what made you guys decide to start po- podcasting? Um, that's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my reasoning, and I, I think Joe will agree with me on this one. It lets us complain without being on the for- forums. Forums. I actually got started with a show back in the day called Player vs. Rift. Some guy asked me to be on a show as a writer because I wrote a book and I got addicted to it. And Evarwin was a fan of that show and wanted to give it a shot. So we decided to form this little network with Mike Forney and create a show called The Quest Gaming Podcast or The Quest Show. And that flopped. <laughs> we went to Skyrim off the record and decided we redesigned our entire network for to be unique in the gaming world and how we do our shows by doing shows based off of individual games and it's just it's it's a, it's a passion of for gaming and being able to talk about games with your friends all rolled into one plus I get to be creative every week I mean there is a ton of background work that goes into podcasting I work a good on a busy week I'll spend 60 hours working for the network um, on a slow week about 30 that's the truth last couple weeks it's been about 60 alright last one where does widget come from <laughs> I, have never, I don't think I've ever gotten that story out this is actually interesting because it came during the Final Fantasy 11 days when it came out for the Playstation 2 and by that fancy uh, hard drive to put in the back Mm-hmm. Me and my, me and one of my good friends was, were sitting in my living room making our characters, waiting for it to download, and we were trying to name our Taru Tarus, which is the little tiny guys. And he, we were, I was thinking, okay, well, I'm gonna be a white mage, and he's gonna be a black mage, and we're gonna level up together. We thought, how about white midget and black midget? But the midget was kind of a term that we thought would be get you know banned or told us to change. So I figured, why not we take that M and turn it upside down and call it Widget white widget and black widget and we became the most popular taru tarus in the game during on our server i like that story how did you guys meet oh man well it all started during aq40 with me and joe (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) um i'm a really big well back in when wow i used to and i still do i i run like all the old stuff I love the old stuff. I can't stand the new content. And Joe used to run this this uh, raid team called the Tooper. And what they used to do is run through all the old content. So I was I was all for jumping on that bandwagon. 
So me and Joe became raiders together and uh, in WoW. And then me and him moved on to Rift together. Mm-hmm. And Joe was picked up for that podcast, as he said. And I joined him on that podcast, Player vs. Rift. And real life kind of got in the way after uh, Player vs. Rift went down the drain. And by the time I could actually come back, back to podcast, uh, Joe, Mike Forney, and Avarwin all made QGN, and they graciously let me come back and, you know, with my tail between my legs. <laughs> oh, I, we, we, I could we, were, we were hoping. Yeah, we were hoping. I was so happy when Joe told me. I think we were doing, actually, uh, we were doing the show, and Joe said, dude, I got a text from Dave Adams. I was like, oh, man, does he want in? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, we got to let him in. <laughs> I was so excited. He's Varwin is actually a fan of Dave's back from the PPR huge, days. <laughs> huge fan, huge fan, huge fan. Dave, uh, Dave came on that show around episode three, two or three, and I just thought that the show was just it was it was great with him on it. And it was it was it was great with without him, but when he came on, he added just this this other personality that that the two other guys were just. You know, um, they were just having a great time with him, and it really brought the show up. And I was really pushing for Dave to to get on that show, and uh, I was such a huge fan of that show and of Dave, of course. And so it was great when I heard that he wanted to to join us. I had a huge fanboy moment. I was like, Oh my god, David Adelshay! <laughs> That's how we met. How I met Evarwin was yeah from being a fan of the Player vs. Rift show. You want to tell the story? Um. Yeah, I I, uh, I heard that uh, Player vs. Rift was was kind of like um, they like put out a, a call, you know, if you guys have anything, send us something. So I sent him an email and I said, look, if you want me to do anything, maybe write something, I can do that, I can help out. Anyway, I, I'm offering my services. So I, I got a, uh, a call from them and they said, yeah, why don't you come on the show, do a guest spot. So we all talked about Rift and it was uh, so much fun, I loved it, and... Um, I was always in their chat room and, and uh, a big fan, and eventually things kind of moved differently for Skyrim um, for uh, for that show. And I uh, I was asked by Joe if he wanted to do this show called uh, it was a general gaming show at the time, and uh, Joe and I and Mike Forney kind of came up with this idea of making a general gaming co- podcast. So um, we came up with the Quest show, and and we we went on from there. Lou got involved because. He and I knew each other from playing Rift. <laughs> I didn't know Ri- I didn't know Lou at all until we started getting his emails on a weekly basis for the uh, the Quest Gaming podcast. That were always like the best emails on pretty much the only ones. But anyway, so we used his emails for the email segment the entire run of that show. Eventually, Ivar yeah. went took a shower and came out of the shower and said, "I have an idea for a Skyrim show." <laughs> so. I said, what about this Lou guy? Would he be interested in doing this show? And he was like, oh, let me try him out. Let me let me call him. Sure enough, Lou's like, uh, if I must. And then um, <laughs> we got Lou uh, on there and recorded our first episode of Player vs. Skyrim player. off the record, and, and the rest is history. Yeah, pretty much. So that's that's kind of the fragmented story. Bushel <laughs> <laughs> 